This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Checking In. I'm your host, Zara Barnes, Self Magazine's Interim Editor-in-Chief. Every week, people reach out to us with questions and concerns about health and wellness. And I connect with experts and people who have been there before. The goal is to find some answers to these questions so the people asking these questions and anyone who's going through something similar all feel a little bit better. This week, we're talking about pregnancy. We're still in this weird point in the pandemic where it seems like we have a light at the end of the tunnel, finally. But things, of course, still aren't the same as they used to be. That's especially true when it comes to pregnancy and giving birth. Knowing all of that, how do you advocate for yourself throughout this process right now? That's what Stacia wanted to know this week. I am currently seven months pregnant during the pandemic. It's been a wild ride. So, you know, being a Black woman during a pandemic, which already restricts you from a lot of the options you may have within the hospital and labor and delivery, I just want to know how I should go about advocating for myself during this whole process of pregnancy. When we're faced as women, Black women especially, with options and knowing your options, I think it's it's important to know that like, you can say no and advocate for yourself. But I think it's just knowing the information ahead of time. It's funny enough, I found a template which would help me go through my, my birth plan. And a lot of the questions, I said to myself, okay, so what is this term? Or what is this medication? Or can I say no to this? Or if I can say no, what is my alternative option? I think that making sure that once I do go into labor delivery, what is the best way I can advocate for myself? How can my husband advocate for me? And I've been thinking about or in search of a doula. And once I do find a doula, I want to know how can they advocate for me in that time of labor and delivery. Well, Stacia, before I dive into your question, I first want to say congratulations because what an exciting moment. I do also really feel for you and all that you must be trying to navigate and all the emotions you clearly must be having. There is so much that goes into getting pregnant, giving birth, and of course, everything that comes after that. And there are so many reasons why it can be complicated to get the care you need. There's fragmented care, rushed appointments, and so much overwhelming information that you suddenly have to feel like an expert on. 
And as Stacia mentions, as a Black woman, it can be especially difficult to navigate. We're often conditioned to avoid seeming aggressive, even when our health may be at risk. Then there's the fact that there are so few medical providers of color, and research suggests health outcomes for Black newborns are better when cared for by Black doctors. Beyond your baby's health, though, as a Black pregnant person, you may feel more comfortable about your own safety when seeing a Black doctor as well. Because, of course, Black maternal mortality stats are often stuck in our minds. The Black maternal mortality crisis is something we've covered a lot itself. The numbers involved paint a really devastating picture. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, women in the U.S. are more likely to die from childbirth or pregnancy-related causes than women in comparable nations. And Black women have a three to four times higher risk of death than white women. Now, on top of everything else, there's a pandemic. This is a really uncertain and potentially scary reality. And so what I want to do with this episode is help Stacia and other listeners who are also pregnant in a pandemic feel prepared. Yes, so they can advocate for themselves, but also so they can experience all the joy that's hopefully part of giving birth as well. For this episode, I talked to Dr. Camila Phillips, a board-certified OBGYN in New York. She spends her time delivering babies and working with a diverse group of pregnant people. She's especially committed to helping Black pregnant people reclaim the beauty of the birthing experience. Then, later in this episode, I'll be talking to Latham Thomas, a doula and the founder of Mama Glow, a brand that focuses on empowering people through all parts of the childbirth spectrum. We'll get more into Stacia's question about how a doula can help pregnant people advocate for themselves and how their loved ones can join in during the birthing process. Okay, Dr. Phillips, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I find Dr. Phillips's work to be incredible. I've always thought maybe instead of being an editor, I'd be an OBGYN in another life. So I had to know what inspired Dr. Phillips to get into this field. I grew up in the 70s, basically in a matriarchy. My aunt's My mom and my grandmother were instrumental in my entire upbringing. And I recognized really, really early on that if my grandmother wasn't feeling so well, then I didn't really have like the greatest dinner that night. Or if my mom was in bed because she was having a horrible period, then maybe I wouldn't make it to school on time. Or if my aunts were suffering from some ailment that my hair didn't always look good. Like, I know it always came back to me, but as a young person, I was like, wow, when the women in my life aren't doing that great, then everything kind of falls apart. And it eventually led me to consider medicine and medical school and recognize the importance of obstetrics and gynecology. Even before the pandemic, Dr. Phillips has taken a holistic approach to treating her patients. She addresses their fears, their hopes. And once this new reality set in, she noticed a significant shift in how her patients felt. I have seen this pandemic affect patients in my office in ways that I just... 
it's it's been really exhausting for them. It's really taken a toll. The first is the level of anxiety is unprecedented. You know, in medicine, specifically obstetrics and gynecology, we often talk about how we're as much gynecologists as we are psychiatrists sometimes. And in this pandemic, dealing with anxiety has been really significant. A tremendous number of people who come in worried, depressed, stressed, all the the negative emotions that in pregnancy, he would just, you know, even just the year before, people had normal worries. You know, I want a healthy baby. I want a successful delivery. Of course, I get that. But this has been to another level. And I feel very saddened sometimes that women aren't able to just bask in the glow of this amazing experience. So the pandemic is, I'm getting many more psych consults, social work consults, and really it all boils down to like anxiety and worry, anxiety about coming into the hospital and having to deal with, you know, not getting a deadly virus, dealing with racist doctors and racist nurses and just wanting to not die. Like, that's where our threshold is now, you know, for some women. And it's saddening. It's maddening. It's unacceptable. And so I spend a lot more time now trying to just like redirect people, reframe them, acknowledge their fears, but show them how much is going for them that's positive and joyous and beautiful. But it's definitely changed my practice. Absolutely. And I think obviously one of the hardest things about birthing in a pandemic is that you are often separated from your people. And I know things move so quickly, but what does it look like to give birth right now? Yeah. So I will say, God bless the women who gave birth in early 2020, because that was some mess. It was a mess. And I I feel for them. You know, I was in New York at the time and it felt like everything was on fire. And it literally, it literally you walk outside and you just felt like coronavirus was just like raining from the sky. And so women were really delivering on their, not only say on their own, but in 2019, when I tell you I'd walk into a room to deliver someone and there was the partner at the head of the bed, there was a mom, there was probably a mother-in-law, there was a sister or a cousin or somebody's best friend. They were just, it was a party. We would have parties welcoming this baby to this very anemic experience of just sometimes just a mother by herself or a mother and a partner. And so the restrictions now include, at least at my hospital and the hospitals that I'm familiar with, you can have your partner there. Now, moms come in and they're COVID swab because we have much more availability to test people. And they are allowed to be in their room. They can labor, walk around in the room, use the shower, et cetera. Most recently, if the couple tests negative, we're starting to let them walk in the hallways a little bit, which is something we unfortunately took away. And that might not seem like a big deal, but if you're laboring unmedicated, 
it helps to walk and it helps to sway your hips in the hallway. And, you know, you walk by, you see someone and you just, you give her a head nod and you keep, you know, just to encourage her and you keep on moving. I think as our rates improve and as individuals in the medical profession, we're, I hate to say the word more comfortable with COVID, but we know how it, it is exchanged. We are where we have PPE, we're protecting ourselves. What has it felt like emotionally for you to see really the bread and butter of your work and something that it sounds like gives you a lot of joy to see that change and to see the birthing experience and the pregnancy experience become so infused with anxiety for so many people? I mean, it's sad. It's sad. I explain to people like, I recognize we're in a pandemic, but you and I, we are going on a journey and we're going to laugh and we're going to cry, and I'm going to be your BFF for like 10 months. (laughs) I'm going to hand you a baby that's going to be healthy and cry and nurse and be everything that you imagined, and I'm going to send you on your way. So I really try and combat the the negative self-talk it's been sad. It's just been sad. Like I say, I walk into a room, we put on Luther Vandross, we push out a baby. That's what I'm used to doing. And so we've just modified that, you know, I'm leaving for patients that pandemic stuff outside the, the racism, the sexism, the job insecurity, all that stuff outside, because right now I want them to be in the moment. So, hearing all that has changed about this process, I was curious about where that leaves the birthing person. Stacia has this crucial and complex question about how to advocate for herself, especially as a Black mom-to-be. That's something I asked Dr. Phillips about, too. I think this is a a two-way street. I think it is important to do your research and due diligence about the hospital that you're delivering at and who's delivering you. Just see how you vibe with a person. If you feel like you can talk to them and it's easy and it's relaxed, then in terms of advocacy, I feel like that sort of indirectly tells you, okay, I could, I should be able to talk to this person and tell them anything, right? Without offense. I think it's important to be organized when you come into a visit. And by organized, I mean, have your questions written down because often people come in and I think they they just get nervous, right? I think it's helpful for patients to also say, I am concerned about X, Y, Z, so that X, Y, Z can be specifically addressed. I think it's important that patients early on, you know yourself. So if you feel like you're someone who, when you're in a tense situation, which labor and delivery pregnancy can be, that you become like more of an introvert and you go inside, then that is when you need to communicate with your partner, like, okay, this is freaking me out. And then know that your partner can represent you well and your wishes. And I think it's a potential opportunity for what doulas do very well. I know birth plans are also really big with people, 
Not everyone should feel obligated to have a birth plan. But again, if you're worried or have a concern that maybe you're going to go internally and not be able to advocate for yourself verbally or have questions, then that is when a birth plan is important. Because in going through a birth plan with your doctor or your midwife, you really are mapping out all the potential lefts and rights of labor and delivery. And so in a safe space, which is their office, you're dressed, everything is calm and controlled. We can say like, I don't want an epidural. Okay, well, here are the alternatives to an epidural or here are, you know, the pros and cons of an epidural. I love that you brought up doulas because I feel like there is often this sense that doulas and medical doctors have this really contentious relationship no matter what. And I'd love to know, how do you think the relationship works best between a doula and a medical doctor or a midwife who's helping to deliver the baby? What I like to do is really focus the attention away from my relationship so much with the doula or like my feelings about the doula or the doula's feelings about me, but always kind of refocus on the patient and what we need to get done. Cause you want to feel like you have a team and not like, it's not a tug of war. When I've worked with doulas that I really love and I watch them, I watch them, I watch them touch the partner massage the patient, move the partner. If the, you know, sometimes partners get a little standoffish, like WTF, what is about to happen? No, they bring them physically and it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I'm sorry, like my hands are in the vagina. I'm about to have a baby. I can't do that. Right. So there should be someone who's like, come closer. Let's do everyone has a role. And like when all of those roles fall in line and it ends up beautifully, those are the deliveries that you don't forget. I think that is so lovely. Even from the start, when bringing a baby into the world, it takes a village. I hope that's the experience you have, Stacia, of so many people supporting you and advocating for you. At its best, childbirth can be an incredible experience. But it's going to come with a lot of feelings, both good and bad. And that can naturally impact your mental health in plenty of different ways. Dr. Phillips told me this is a hugely important topic for her when it comes to her patients, partly because she's lived it herself. I would say, and I have a history of, of depression, so I don't shy away from talking about depression and anxiety. I really encourage people to talk to someone. It doesn't mean you need to be medicated. You know, I know in certain communities, there's certainly a stigma against uh, mental health and specifically medication, but I think everyone needs a, a psychologist, right? Everyone, even if your life is perfect, if you're not talking to someone on a regular basis, I mean, whether it's a girlfriend, whether it's a licensed professional, you need to talk to someone sort of on a regular basis. Many of us feel to some degree that maybe it's indulgent, but I don't think mental health is indulgent. I think it's the foundation of keeping your ship moving in the right direction. If they have a need for medicine, I would encourage them to use the medicine and discuss it with their doctor. 
we do use antidepressant anxiety medications in pregnancy, and that might freak people out. But really, for obstetricians and gynecologists, the mental health of the birthing person is so important. It is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's really important to destigmatize that. It really is. And I tell patients all the time, I, I'm like, I was on Prozac. I've been on Lexapro. I've been on, you know, because when they're like, oh, dang, my Black doctor is telling me the medicine she's been on and how many years she was in therapy, then it must be a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And we need to stop making people feel like they're, there's this need to be a superwoman that I think has really hurt us in particular black women who have this stereotype of being a superwoman. We don't need to be that. We're allowed to be vulnerable and scared and ask for help. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back after this quick break. So, asking for help can be such a meaningful tool throughout pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. And that brings us to doulas. This is something our listener Stacia was also curious about. I talked to Latham Thomas to learn more about how doulas can help with the entire experience of getting pregnant and becoming a parent, and how doulas advocate for their clients. Latham is a doula herself and founder of Mama Glow, where she provides support to people all along the continuum of fertility. Latham, I'm so excited to chat because not only do I cover all things pregnancy and postpartum for work, I just personally find the topic fascinating. So we have a lot to dig into. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Like Dr. Phillips, Latham's interest in babies and birthing started young. She learned about babies and reproduction thanks to her mom and a TV show called My Mom's Having a Baby. And so I was really fascinated and we'd go places and people would say, oh, your mother has a baby in her tummy. And I would say, no, my mother has a baby in her uterus and it's going to come out of her vagina. Just imagine talking to little Latham already so aware. And now, all these years later, Latham aims to bring that level of honesty to all aspects of her doula practice. Since there's so much confusion about what a doula actually does, Latham broke it down for me. One of my clients calls it like having a producer for your birth. It's like someone who's configuring everything that needs to happen, making sure that everything's in place, but also making sure that you're cool, right? Having someone who's there to check in on a moment-to-moment basis to make sure to anticipate your needs, right? That's really what what we're doing. Doulas are not there to speak on behalf of the clients, but to speak alongside. And that's true advocacy. And that's also true allyship. We're there to help make sure people feel that they have the capacity, right, to speak up for themselves and really there to make sure that, you know, certain things are happening like consent, right? Informed consent is happening in a medical space where we have a really, I would say, great foundation of understanding, or I should say discourse at least, of 
what consent looks like outside of the medical space and in the world, right? We've had a few years of really being able to be primed in popular culture around what this means, right? Not inside medical spaces. You might feel pressured into making a decision and not have the information to to be able to make that decision. But what might be used is your baby's safety, right? That may be weaponized against you to sort of get you to um, make certain choices, right? Certain medical choices. And so what the doula can do in these spaces, right, is be able to name and recognize these things as they, as they happen, as they occur, to be able to speak out, to be able to speak alongside the client, to help them feel like they can make informed choices. This information piece is crucial. There's a lot to fear in this process, but there's also a lot of strength and joy and possibility, especially when you feel cared for. That's something Latham told me she really tries to focus on with her Black clients in particular. I think that when we tell stories about our experiences, there's an opportunity to not only educate and inform people, but also to imprint them. And what happens when we are in a constant barrage of messaging that signals us that the world is an unsafe place, that it's unsafe to be embodied Black and be pregnant, those messages will be like mantras almost, right? And remind us constantly, even when we don't want to be reminded that this thing that you just witnessed, this near miss or this mortality event could happen to you. The more that we hear this, the more we start to not only believe, but entrain our nervous systems with information that constricts our bodies and that produces a stress response in our bodies. And if we know anything about the birth process, it is that fear is the antithesis. It's like kryptonite to birth, right? We have to move fear out of the equation and safety and trust and dignity and belonging have to be at the center of our experiences. And so when we establish a sense of safety, we establish trust, when we make sure that we create an environment whereby birthing people and Black birthing folk feel seen and they feel heard and they feel dignified, when they feel safety, number one, they can actually not have to focus on their needs, right? Because if my basic human needs are met, I can actually transcend into what I've called the birth trance. My body can surrender into the birth process, right? We're not able to guarantee people this experience with our current medical model. And that is because our current medical model is hundreds of years seeped into a system of systemic racism, of reproductive violence and misogyny. And so it's not just trauma that we carry, we carry resilience. And it's resilience that I wanna really lean into because that's what we can use and center to transform our experiences. It's also that which every time you have a safe and dignified physiologic birth, 
that that impacts the epigenome for the birthing person as well as the newborn. And that is why I am so focused on making sure that we protect how someone is born, right? And how someone births and that we don't minimize the circumstances around what it took to get a baby here safely. After all of this, maybe you're thinking, okay, a doula sounds like the right choice for me, but how do you find one? There are so many resources out there to help you do just that, and we'll link to some great ones in our show notes. But I also asked Latham about how to know you've found the right doula for you. Does this person make me feel good? right? Do I feel supported? Do they feel like they're anchoring? Are they a grounding presence? These are things that you're going to want to know. And you're only going to be able to, to, to vibe that, right? That's only going to be something that you're able to select based on connecting, right? Like you won't be able to do that off of the resume alone. Another thing I would say is get a sense of, you know, the, the background and education, that they've experienced and and the life experience that they bring to the work, right? You have a lot of people, by the way, who have been doing this work for so long informally, who are incredibly talented and capable of supporting and have all this other life experience to bring. And so there's like a doula for everybody. I want to remind people that like no matter what financial bracket, no matter where you are and no matter what your needs are, there's a doula for you. Right. And so I would always move with that energy that there's somebody out there for me. And as you reach out to folks and learn more about what they offer, you can ask some questions, you know, based on like their experience. You can also ask them what their values are in what they sort of bring to the work that's unique. You know, there's all kinds of other things that will come out in conversation, but you really want to know about their character, right? Like, is this somebody who'll be able to use their voice alongside mine in a time of crisis, right? Like, you're going to want to be able to get a sense of the potency that they bring to the work, too. And in the end, Latham told me the other big thing to consider is finding a doula who identifies with your experiences whenever possible. And a lot of the birth workers of color, as well as birth workers who are LGBTQ plus are uniquely skilled in this way to support people in in these areas. And so, um, you know, look out to support them because it is challenging also for birth workers to make a living, and especially those who are, you know, from these backgrounds. Think about how you can lift them. Think about how you can support your local community um, doula organizations, especially if they're BIPOC-led. And think about also, you know, how you can pay it forward if you're somebody who's not pregnant or who had a great experience with doulas. Maybe you want to, you know, donate to one of the local organizations in your community to support and pay it forward for another family in need, right? If you have that capacity, these are all ways that we can sort of continue the work and also work to make our imprint in making birth safer for folks everywhere. What an incredible note to end on. Thank you, Latham. I feel like my brain is about three sizes bigger after our conversation. (laughs) You're so sweet. I hope that was helpful for our listener, Stacia, and anyone else who's trying to navigate pregnancy during this pandemic. I can't blame you for being stressed about the experience, but I hope you're able to find the joyful moments, too. Thank you.
Thanks so much for checking in. If you enjoyed this show, make sure to rate and leave a review. Also, be sure to follow the show on your favorite podcast app. It helps new listeners find us. You can find more information and references from this episode in our show notes. Follow Self on Instagram at Self Magazine and follow me at Zara Barnes. Checking In is produced by Wonder Media Network. Executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. Lead producer is Lindsay Cradwell, and production assistant is Alessandra Tejeda. On the SELF team, our director of programming and development is Sarah Yalowitz, our digital director is Amy Isinger, and our researcher is Madeline Shire. From the Condé Nast Entertainment side, the head of production is Carrie Clayton, executive producer is Stacia Jones, and senior producer is Elon Schoonmaker. The theme music is by Biscuit and Butta, courtesy of Blaze LLC. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Thank you.